Today we begin year four of the narrative lectionary. And the lectionary is the readings that we use each week in worship. And the narrative lectionary is a a four-year cycle that basically begins each year in Genesis and follows the narrative of the Bible, follows God's work with God's people over time. And so each year we start uh, back in Genesis, begin there, and in the fall we work our way through major stories in the Hebrew scriptures and the prophets. Then in Advent, we turn to one of the Gospels and we follow uh, the life and ministry of Jesus in one Gospel from Advent all the way to Easter. This year, the Gospel will be John. And then at Easter, we turn to the growth of the early church in Acts and the Epistles and see how uh, the church carried Jesus' message into the world. And that takes us all the way to Pentecost. So today, as I said, we're at the start of year four, and we are back all the way at the beginning, back in Genesis 1-1. You may remember that there are two uh, creation stories in Genesis, so we are reading uh, the one that shows up first uh, chronologically in the Bible, although it was the second one to be written down. And um, this is a story about how God uh, created the world and spoke the world into being. Remember, uh, these are creation stories, creation myths. The people who are writing these stories down were not trying to write science or factual history. They are making meaning for their lives. And so in this case, they are trying to show us certain things about who God is, how they understood who God is and who they were. I'll share more about that in the sermon itself, but today I just want to say we'll be um, seeing and hearing scripture in video format today. We're going to hear an excerpt from the Cartoonist Guide to the Bible, which is written by uh, pastor and author and cartoonist, uh, Reverend Dr. Steve Tomlinson, who has put this together. So let us listen for the word of God. In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void and darkness covered the face of the deep. The spirit of Elohim hovered over the surface of the deep. Then Elohim said, Let there be light. And there was light. And Elohim saw that the light was good. And Elohim separated the light from the darkness. Elohim called the light day, and the darkness was called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And Elohim said, Let there be a dome in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. So Elohim made the dome and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome, and it was so. Elohim called the dome the heavens, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And Elohim said, Let the waters under the sky be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. Elohim called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together were called sea. And Elohim saw that it was good. Then Elohim said, Let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed, the fruit trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with seed in it. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, 
plants yielding seed of every kind, and trees of every kind bearing fruit with seed in it. And Elohim saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And Elohim said, Let there be lights in the dome of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And Elohim said, Let there be lights in the dome of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let there be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the dome of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. Elohim made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. Elohim set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And Elohim saw that it was good, and there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And Elohim said, Let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the dome of the heavens. So Elohim created the great sea monsters, and every living creature that moves, of every kind, with which the waters swarm, and every winged bird of every kind. And Elohim saw that it was good. Elohim blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters and the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning, the fifth day. And Elohim said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things and wild animals of earth of every kind. And it was so. Elohim made the wild animals of the earth of every kind, and the cattle of every kind, and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind, and Elohim saw that it was good. Then Elohim said, Let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So Elohim created humankind in Elohim's image. In the image of Elohim they were created. Male and female Elohim created them. Elohim blessed them, and Elohim said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Elohim said, See, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit, you shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath of life. I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. Elohim saw everything that was made, and indeed it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all their multitude. And on the seventh day Elohim finished the work that was done, and rested on the seventh day from all the work that was done. So Elohim blessed the seventh day, and hallowed it, because on it 
Elohim rested from all the work that was done in creation. Will you join me in prayer? Oh, gracious God, as we begin a new year here at LOUCC, just be with us. Continue to lead us and guide us as your people of faith, as this iteration of your church. And today, help us just to hear words for how you are calling us to live in these times. And we pray this in your name, O Christ. Amen. Well, friends, we are back. We are back together for a new program year. We are back to the beginning of Genesis. And in some ways, it feels like we are back to where we were just about a year and a half ago, uh, still online uh, because of the pandemic. I had hoped that by now we would be in person, but it seems we will be in this form uh, at least a while longer. And so even as we come back today, this is not a time just about looking back to what was, but really looking forward to what will be, to what God is longing to do in us and through us in this year and years ahead as we continue to navigate these times. In that way, our story from Genesis is actually a wonderful starting place. Because as much as it is a story told about long ago and the beginnings of time, it's also a story that helps us find a way forward, that reminds us that we are part of God's ongoing creation in the world and that we have a role to play. So today I want to start actually in the middle, uh, sort of when this story was written down. And that was in uh, the 6th century BCE by the ancient Israelites, who actually wrote down the story in a time of great difficulty and uncertainty. Uh, this took place during the Babylonian exile when the Babylonians came into Judah and Jerusalem and drove many of the Israelites out of, out of town. And so there they were living in a foreign land under a foreign power, uh, not sure when they were gonna get home, wondering where God was, when would things return to normal, and how were they calling to live in these uncertain and unprecedented times. And so as they sat there trying to be a community, what they decided to do was actually write down their story. The story that had been transmitted orally for generations, they finally decided to put it down. And so a scribe sat among them and took out a quill and began to write, in the beginning. And as they wrote their story, they wanted to understand who God was and who they were, how they understood who they were called to be. And so this story from Genesis is what they recorded. And I want to highlight three things that they thought were really important to put down. One is that they wanted to note that God had an active role in creation. Far from being a distant God, this was a God who was involved and had power. Who said, let there be light, 
and there was light. This was a God who could bring order out of chaos. And so if God was one who could bring order out of chaos back then, then maybe God could also be one who would bring order out of chaos for them now. Another thing that was so important for them to write down at the time was that the world was created good. That as the story of creation goes, everything that God made, God looked at and said it was good. The earth, the land, the seas, the animals, the human beings. And they were there together in this beautiful, balanced ecosystem. And all of it was so good. And so as those ancient Israelites lived in this hostile world, whatever they saw around them, they were trying to remember that fundamental goodness in creation, in other people. And then, thirdly, along with bringing order out of chaos and remembering the goodness, they wanted to highlight that God created but God wasn't the only one who created, that God invited human beings and really the earth and animals to have a role in creation. It says that uh, God made a few commands. <laughs> On day three, God told the earth to bring forth uh, vegetation and plants yielding seed. And then the earth responded and the earth brought forth life. Then God on day five told the fish and the birds to be fruitful and multiply, multiply a, a command that would come later to the humans. And then the animals began to have a role in that creative process. And then on day six, after creating animals, it says that God created human beings in God's image as co-creators. And God invited the human beings to have dominion over the earth, not in a tyrannical uh, oppressive kind of way, but dominion in the sense of a benevolent uh, caregiver, someone who stewards and takes care of the, the land and the creation around them. In that way, God made human beings along with the earth and along with animals co-creators, gave to each of them that inherent capacity for creation and creativity. So that it wasn't going to be all God's job to keep it going, but that the earth and animals and, and human beings would have a role to play as well. And so this is what the Israelites wanted to record. The God who could bring order out of chaos. The God who could remind them of their goodness and the God who had given them a role to play, so that even in the midst of difficult and uncertain circumstances, maybe they could partner with God to find a new way forward, a new way to be creative and respond to the problems around them. Well, if this was a good word for the sixth century Israelites, then I think it's actually a great word for us today. A reminder that we are part of that ongoing creation of the world, that we serve and worship a God who also helps bring order out of chaos, 
who has a spirit that was alive and hovered over the waters then, but also hovers in our world now and beckons us forward and invites us into the dance of creation. We're reminded today of the fundamental goodness of the world, which is hard to see some days. And it's, it's hard to see when so much of the world is on fire or in pain or there are people who uh, it's hard to find the goodness in. And yet, this story invites us to remember that delicate balance and that ecosystem that is what we are really called to continue to work for. It's what Jesus would later call the, the kingdom of God, this world where everyone and everything has an opportunity to flourish together. And we are invited to remember our own capacities for creativity and creation. And that, I think, is essential for us in these times of uncertainty. We know these last 18 months have been incredibly difficult. They've been painful on individual levels and communal levels and, and uh, nation and global levels. And yet what we have also seen is some incredible creativity. There's been creativity around COVID, everything from uh, the distilleries who became hand sanitizer producers to the companies that turned, uh, started making ventilators out of household products. There's been creativity as people have responded to injustice and created new ways to stand up and to speak out. Churches like ours have had to get super creative in terms of how we even do worship and how we connect to each other through Zoom or through uh, YouTube or through uh, just all kinds of different ways of gathering. And our globe has had to get creative in terms of how we respond to things like COVID and uh, the natural disasters that we see in the world. And so part of what I think helps us through is to remember those capacities for creativity and to remember that it's part of our faith to be in that dance with God who is longing, I think, to do something new in us and through us. And so that's part of what we are going to be paying attention to and trying to discern uh, this coming year at our church. To discern for us and help us discern as individuals, how is God calling us? How is God calling us to live in the midst of these uncertain times? Where is the spirit at work in the world and, and how can we participate in whatever the spirit wants to do uh, in us and through us? What are those capacities for creativity that God wants to nurture in us? And we're going to be thinking about that on, on a church-wide level, too. A couple weeks ago, our council gathered together to have our annual retreat. And we read a book that I've referenced before in a sermon, How to Lead When You Don't Know Where You're Going. And it's all about that idea of discernment. That we're really in a pivotal time. Uh, we're in a pivotal time societally, but we're also in a pivotal time as a church. As we've been closed now for a while, we've had to do some things in new ways. And, and when we sort of reopen, we're not really going to be going back 
simply to what was. But we're invited to be going forward into something new, probably some new ways of gathering like we've been expecting with hybrid worship, but also some new ways of, of just being the church in the world today. And so the question becomes for us, how do we as a church begin to discern that and listen for what the Spirit is doing in our local community and how can we be more involved in that? How can we take our capacities for creativity as a church and put them to use here in Lake Oswego and here in Portland and uh, help to bring the world more toward that flourishing and that justice for all. So that's what we're going to be turning our attention to in the coming weeks and months. Uh, working in some practices of discernment that we can do individually and collectively. We're also going to be like those ancient Israelites, leaning into our own story, looking back at how we got started as a church and what are the ways that God has been working in us and through us over the last 130 some years and what are the ways that God is inviting us to move forward. And we're gonna be reaching out to each of you to ask you, where do you see and hear the spirit at work in the world? What, what capacities and creativities has God given you and given our church? And how can we respond to those ever-changing needs of our world? Yes, these are uncertain times. And they're scary times. But they're also times imbued with possibility because of the God we serve, and because we are part of that ongoing story of creation in the world. So may we be open to the Spirit's work among us. May we be open to the creative capacities that God wants to move in and through us. And may we be open to wherever the Spirit will lead us in the days and weeks and months ahead. Amen.